Philippians chapter 3. The series is entitled No Worries. <laughs> Somebody ought to just shout one time, No Worries. Look at somebody and say, I hope you know you sit by a noisy person today. If y'all like quiet church, there are a whole lot of quiet churches in the city you can go to. I thank God I don't mind being in a noisy church. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I'm going to skip down to verse 13, the last clause, and the first two words of verse 14. The last clause of verse 13, Paul writes, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. Two words in verse 14, I press. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press. Catch someone by the hand. This is the third message in the series entitled, No Worries. Amen. This is message number three. Three words in the third message. Look somebody in the eye and says, let it go. Amen. You may be seated presence of the Lord. Let it go. We had church this morning at eight, mothers. I told the church at eight, this is a moving day. We are having a garage sale today. We're cleaning out the closet today. We are letting go some stuff that we have been holding on for a long time. Amen. But one of the most difficult things in life to do, even for those of us who are faith walkers, those of us who are believers, is to let go of the hurts, the sorrows, and the disappointments of our past and to simply move forward towards what God has for us both now as well as in the future. Tell somebody, let it go. You have been holding on to it too long. It has done nothing but hurt you and stop you. Listen, unfortunately, there are those who, perhaps those that are among us, those that are viewing or listening, who are so stressed out worrying about what has happened to them in the past that it dramatically, negatively impacts the quality of their everyday life right now. In other words, you can't enjoy life now because you're still stuck in the past over what somebody did or said. 
And I want to get the record straight before I go any further. There are some mean people out here in this world. And I am not trivializing, minimizing, or, or trying to suggest that you have not been hurt. Because the truth of the matter is there are some folk that will hurt you emotionally, even physically. Uh, but here's what God said. It does exist, but don't let it ruin your life. Uh, people are, who are out there who cannot even enjoy the blessings of today simply because they are still obsessing about the hurt and the pain of yesterday. You're going to either live in yesterday or enjoy the blessings of today. You can't do both. There are folk that are holding on to stuff 10 years ago and nothing has changed but you've become worse. There's some stuff in your closet that you should have thrown away a long time ago. I told the church this morning, God dropped this in my spirit, just like that stuff that people give you that you don't like or you don't want and you put it in the closet as if being in the closet is any less ugly. Yeah. If it was an ugly sweater when they gave it to you 10 years later, it's still ugly. And just because it's in the closet doesn't mean it does not exist. You just don't see it. But it's still there. It's moving day. It's time to clean out some stuff. Get rid of some stuff. Amen. If you are going to enjoy what God has for you right now and in the future, you are going to have to deal with your pain of yesterday. You will have to come to a point in which you declare the past is over. It's done. Put it behind you. Listen, God dropped this next clause in my spirit and it has been blessing me for weeks. He, he, he said it to me for me at first. Then he says, share it with you. And it says this. Sometimes he said to me, Dara, it's not the bad things that surround you that causes you the greatest problems. But it's the painful memories that are within you that you won't let go. See, I, I've, I've discovered it's not the people that are around you or things that are around you that surrounds you every day. But it's those memories, it's those thoughts, it's those hurts that we transfer day to day. We wake up with them. We go to work with them. We bring them back home. We go back to bed. We wake up another morning and we're still holding on. There, there are some folk who that, that type of anxiety and that type of hurt and pain and discomfort has done nothing but separated you from where God wanted you to be. What God has for you. Tell somebody, we've got to let it go. We must learn to realize that when God said it's over, it's over. God tells you to turn it loose. God has something better for you. If you're still angry about what hasn't happened, 
job you did not get. God says the reason you didn't get it is because I've got something better for you. I just heard a powerful testimony this week from a young man who, who I ministered to. He's not even a member of this congregation. He, he and I met at, at, at the gym, and he was going through so much. He had been incarcerated, made mistakes in his life, got out, tried to make his life better, went to college, got a degree, but that past was still lingering over his head. Could never get the right job, could never get the right position. Every time somebody would hold it against him, go before the pardon board and get turned down over and over again to get it off his record. But finally, God opened the door and gets it out. He was telling me as we were sitting there, he says, you know, I, I went to God for a better job. There, there was a job that I got turned down three times. That job would have given me a $6,000 raise. I've got angry at God. Say, God, why did you turn me down? My family could use it. He says, but Pastor Jackson, guess what happened? He said, just on last week, there was another job that came open in a total different agency that I applied for and I received it and he was so excited. He said, and guess what? It is a $22,000 raise. And he looked at me and says, what if I would have taken the job that would have given me a $6,000 raise? I would have had to travel an hour to get there to work on a job I really didn't want, but God had me wait a year for something that was better. Somebody ought to look at somebody and say, God is up to something. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You've got to learn that sometimes he could have been angry at God for not giving him the job with a $6,000 raise. And because of that, he would have missed out on the job that paid him $22,000 a year more. What are you saying, Pastor Jackson? I'm saying sometimes God's waiting on us to release stuff inside of us in order for God to move all around us. You've got fear and pain and anxiety and worrying about things that are all locked up inside of you. The reason you cannot get to the next level is because you're weighted down with too many things. The Bible said, let us lay aside every weight or sin that so easily distracts us. In other words, we've got to be in a position to say, Lord, this, this is nothing but uh, painful, but I'm moving on. And I know that God has something better for me. We must learn how to let some things go and to move on. Now listen to this, my brothers and sisters. Part of the process of letting go is learning how to forgive others of past wrongdoings as well as how to forgive ourselves of past mistakes. Forgiveness has to be a part of the process. 
It has to be a part of the process. It's hard to let go where there's no forgiveness. It's hard to let go when every time it comes up, you get angry again. Listen to what Jesus says to his disciples when they ask him, teach us how to pray. And in that dissertation in Matthew, the sixth chapter, Jesus says to them in verse number 12, he says, when you pray, say, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. If you're going to move on, you've got to forgive others and you have to forgive yourself. Yes, you have made mistakes. And yes, there are people who will always remind you of your shortcomings. But if it doesn't bother you, you ought not care what they say about you. Because if God has released redemption in your heart, if you know that God has given you the ability to move beyond that hurt and pain, don't worry about what other folks say. There will always be haters and naysayers. There are always people in your life that want to remind you why they are sent by the adversary. And some of them are close to you. Some of them are right there up on you all the time. But you've got to learn how to tell folk, you know what? You may have meant to destroy me with that, but God used it to elevate you. How many of you can stand right now and say, God has done some things in your life despite what your enemies tried to do. You are still blessed. People tried their best to destroy you and to hurt you, but you are still blessed. Why? Because promotions do not come from the east or the west. They do not come from man, but God elevates us. And when God has something with your name on it, it really doesn't matter what anybody else says. When God gets ready, you are going to be blessed. We are so concerned about what other folk are trying to do to us, how they're trying to hurt us and stop us and prevent us from moving forward. They can't do anything that God does not allow them to do. Amen. Before Satan did anything to Job, he had to go get permission from God. Because Job was an upright man that feared God and shunned evil. And God gave him, listen to this, don't miss this, tell somebody don't miss this. God gave the devil limited permission with a limited scope of services. You can do this, but you can't do that. You can touch this, but you can't do that. And at the end, God says, I've got the final say-so. And what the devil did not know was that Job chapter 42 existed even before Job chapter 2. Chapter 42 says after he lost everything, God gave him back twice as much as he lost. If the devil knew that God would bless you two times more than what you lost, he'll never bother you. Don't you know that whatever the enemy took, God will restore double for your trouble. Oh, I wish I had a few praisers right now that know that God's got something better. Every now and then you ought to shout better, better, greater, better. Better is coming. Something greater with your name on it. Why? Because God knows what he's doing. Listen, in this marvelous text in the book of Philippians, 
And I encourage you this week, if in your Bible study, if you would make room for this book, only four chapters. But I would tell you that it is perhaps one of the most powerful of all the New Testament writings. It is a book that Paul writes to those who lived in the city of Philippi. These were believers. These were folk that, that Paul ministered to during his second missionary journey as recorded in the book of Acts. Uh, it is important to note the date of the text. The text is written uh, around A.D. 60 or A.D. 63, between A.D. 60 and 63. Why is that important? Because it was the most difficult time for the new converts and new believers. Nero was on a roar. He was destroying believers. They were being killed and slaughtered in the arena for public edification. Believers were being chopped in half, heads being severed from their bodies, crucified upside down like Peter was. It was a difficult time to keep the faith. And so Paul writes what is considered perhaps his most personal of all the letters he has written. This epistle to those in Philippi, a small but faithful group of people that Paul loved so much because Paul says, well, you sent me resources, you cared for me, your love for me is so genuine. So he writes this epistle with him is his son in the gospel, Timothy. Paul, in this small epistle, this book of Philippians, is often referred to by biblical scholars as, quote, the book of joy. Why, Pastor Jackson, is it called the book of joy? Because the words joy and rejoicing are used 16 times in just four chapters. 16 times in four chapters, Paul uses the words joy or rejoice. Now, that is remarkable all by itself. But it is even more remarkable when you consider where Paul writes this from. He writes this from a prison cell, looking outside at the instrument that will lead to his execution. Paul writes to the Philippians from this prison cell, and he writes this short book, and he tells them to keep the faith and rejoice. Chapter 1, verse 21, Paul writes, Don't feel sorry for me, for to live is Christ, but to die is gain. He transitions to chapter 2 and verse 5 and says, Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Then in chapter 3, where our text is found, he opens chapter 3 with these most profound words. Paul says, listen to this, the New Living Translation 3 and 1. Whatever happens... My dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. In other words, if you hear of my execution, rejoice. 
If I get out of here, rejoice. If you make it, rejoice. If it looks like you're going to lose your life, rejoice. Whatever you're going through, you have to learn how to praise your way through it. That's why when we rejoice over the song that said, I never lost my praise, Paul is telling them that I know it gets difficult because you're going to go through some difficult times. But I want you to learn how to rejoice in the Lord your God when your back hurts and your feet hurt and your head hurt and people are getting on your last nerve and, and you press your way to church and, and the devil said not today. That's when you've got to give God a praise like you've never praised him before. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Paul then in chapter 3 uh, goes down in verses 7 and 8. Paul instructs them not to put too much value in your own accomplishments. In your past achievements. I know we have the tendency uh, to want to hang our accomplishments on the wall. We, we want folk to see we have matriculated from here and there. And we love our titles, don't we? We love folk getting mad if you miss a title. Why? Because we want folk to know, somebody said to me, Pastor, I work hard to earn that. I want folk to recognize what I've done. So what? If they never recognize what you've done, can that undo it? You still have it. God has still done it for you. So Paul says to them, I know that you've been through a lot. And I, of all people, perhaps have a right to brag if I want to brag. I had a career. I, I was on my way to stardom. I was a, a Hebrew of Hebrews. I, I was circumcised just like the law said on the eighth day. Uh, as it relates to, to, to education, I had as much as anyone. I sat at the feet of Gamaliel. But listen to what Paul writes in verse 7 and 8. He said, I once thought these things were valuable. But now I consider them worthless. I used to think I was somebody. That was before I had a relationship with the Lord. I used to think, you know, I, I, I appreciate my doctrine. I appreciate my titles. But God changed everything. He says, I now consider them worthless. Why? Because of what Christ has done for me. God did some claims. Jesus did some things that education could not have done. What a degree could not have done. I know we're in the season of graduation and get all you can and celebrate what God has done. But do not lose focus over the fact that God comes before anything. He comes before your degree, your title, or anything else. Before you were so-and-so. You are a child of God. And when nobody else remembers who you are, tell them, don't forget, I'm a child of God. Here's what Paul says. I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Look at how the text says, yes, everything else is worthless 
when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, for Christ's sake, they didn't take it from me, but I discarded. I have discarded everything, counting it all garbage so that I could gain Christ. That reputation, garbage. Hebrew of Hebrews, garbage. A set at the feet of Camellia, garbage. Why? Because I know there is something greater than all of that. And that is for me to walk with Jesus, to have a relationship. How many of you are so glad that God is on your side? And when you can't get a friend or can't get a family member, you know how to get in touch with the Lord. I need a few witnesses that say, God is on my side. The Lord is my very present help. We brag too much. We, we, we've got too many folk that are too impressed with your own accomplishments. If you got to tell somebody to do it, then you don't even need to recognize. Amen. It doesn't matter what folk know who you are, what you have. God is on it. Everything you have. God, I, I wish we can just have a no title, no nothing. Pause on everything. And folk just recognize you for who you are. Verse 12 through 14. Here's what it says. Paul says, speaking of letting go and pressing forward, he says, we've got to move forward. We've got to let something go. Then verse 13, look at verse 13. He states that in order to try to achieve the goal of godly perfection, and it is a goal, he says, I haven't reached there, and I in all likelihood will never get there on earth. But every moment I try to be better than the day before. He said, but in order to get to that goal, this one thing I've got to do. If you're going to ever be right with God, you've got to do this one thing. Touch somebody say, this one thing you've got to do. What is it you have to do? Forgetting the past. Looking forward to what lies ahead. If God is ever going to take you to a different place, if you're ever going to move out of hurt and pain and get to a place where God wants you to be, forget about what happened. Yes, there's some folk that made your life miserable, but you are still here. They couldn't ruin what God has already ordained. Who am I preaching to? Look at somebody and say, forgetting everything that has happened. But Pastor Jackson, you don't know how bad it was. Well, I do know this. You made it through it, and they did not destroy you. And God shit. In fact, it was used to make you better. Joseph said to his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for my good. Touch somebody and says, for your good. For your good. If you're ever going to be blessed, you've got to forget some things. Turn loose some things. Back that moving vehicle up to your life and unload all the garbage and all the trash 
and all the hurt and go deep in your closet and get stuff that's been there for a long time and say, you've been lingering around my life too long. I can't get my joy like I want to. I can't feel God's presence like I want to. You've got to get rid of some stuff. You've got to forget. What does he say? Forget the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Do you know that God has something that is in your future that is so much greater than your pain of your past. Can I say it again? Grab somebody by the hand and say, you ought to praise God with me because God has something with your name on it in your future that even if he told you, you wouldn't believe it. And, oh, I feel something. I feel a special anointing. Can, can, can I just point on the side of the church and, and say, God says somebody's going to get blessed. Somebody's mortgage is going to be paid off. And somebody's college loans are already paid off. And somebody's walking into a better relationship. And somebody's getting peace and joy. And somebody's got a job you didn't even apply for. That God says, better. Somebody help me praise God. In fact, take 10 seconds and give God a praise right now for a better future and a better tomorrow. Come on. Tell somebody it's going to happen. What do we have to do? Forget. Move forward. Then Paul says in verse 14, I press. It's not going to be easy, but I press. May have to cry sometime, but I press. May have to walk the floor at night, but I press. May be by yourself, but I press. When you press, that's how the anointing comes. Only way you get the oil out of the olives is that you got to crush it. Can I preach to somebody? I need somebody to jump up one time and say, thank God for the crushing. Come on and do your hand. You have to crush. You have to crush. And when you crush the olive, the oil, flows out of it. What the enemy did not know was that your crushing was working for your good. What the enemy did not know was that when they thought they were destroying you, they were setting you up for your next level of blessings. So forget about what has happened and celebrate what God is going to do. Take 30 seconds to stand to your feet and praise him like you have.
Look at somebody and say, I'm so glad that I was crushed. I'm so glad that I was hurt. I'm so glad that I was wounded in the house of a friend because it pushed me out of my comfort zone. Woo. That's right. Take a minute to think about your worst moment and then take another second to think about how you survived it and even became better as a result of it. Let it go. Tell somebody, let it go. Listen, I want to share these three things. Stand to your feet. We're going to go over this Tuesday night, but God told me to just drop it on you now. Three things, three lessons that we must learn. Number one is that we must be willing to let go and to walk away. Now, you can't let go and stand over stuff. You've got to let go and walk away. Amen. What are you going to do? Come on and join me. One, two, three, and take a step and say, step out of it. Step out. Just come on. Take one more step. And when you get far away, turn around and say bye. Let me preach to this side of the church. Come on and join me and take a step and look back and say bye. Let it go and walk away. And here's the second thing. When you have let go and when you have walked away, you must be willing to forget it. Don't be bringing it up every day. Don't be reminding people what they did to you eight years ago. Forget it. And here's the third one. We'll deal with this Tuesday. And when you have let go, walked away, and forgotten, move on towards something better. God's got a blessing with your name on it. Talking to somebody right now. Now, God wanted me to do this. This is a different kind of altar call. Get ready, Brother TJ and Tommy. I don't want anybody to come right now. Here's what I want. This is going to take some faith and some boldness. But everyone in here that have been struggling with something that you have held on to too long. And God says today is moving day. Today is the day you let it go. You put it on the corner, you throw it away. If you're here, I need you to leave your seat because I want to minister to you. And you walk down those aisles and you just stand right here. I couldn't seem to fall asleep. There was so much on my mind searching for that peace that I could not find. So then I knelt down to pray, praying, help me please. But as soon as I stopped worrying, worrying how the story ends, 
I'll let go and let God. This is a transparent altar. You've been hurt. You've been wounded. And that hurt of your past, that scar of your past, is still somewhere stuck in your mind. Whew. And you know that you should have moved on a while ago, but you couldn't let it go. Somebody say, preach, pastor. You couldn't let it go. You woke up every morning with it in the back of your mind. And it became so burdensome. It became an obsession. Here's what God said to me. Hurt that's not forgiven becomes an obsession. And the person that did it to you has moved on. And they're probably hurting somebody else and not even thinking about you. But here you are obsessed. Can't enjoy your life. God says it's moving day. It's time to let it go. Listen. Couldn't seem to fall asleep. Ooh. There was so much on my mind. Somebody else. Searching for that peace. This is deliverance day. Peace I could not find. Yeah, yeah. So then I kneeled down to pray. Sing, Tommy. Praying, help me, please. Then he said, You don't have to cry. Somebody else. I'll supply all your needs. Soon as I I stop worrying. Worrying how the story ends. And I'll let go. I'll let God. Let God have That's when things start happening. When I stop looking at those hands Sometimes to him. I can't find my way. Those of you that are joining us live, Sometimes come on. I Just lift those hands. Yeah. Struggle from day to day. I have to realize that it's not my battle. <laughs> it's not it's your not battle. battle it's not yours to fight. I yeah. have to Lift those hands and just worship. Something is about to happen right now. Something is about to happen. Yeah. 
let go, let go, let God, let go, let go, let God, and let God, let go, and let God, yeah, yeah, let go. Put your arms around somebody's shoulder and tell them, let God. My sister, you can't handle it. Let God. Oh, let go. Let God. Let go. Let God. You've got to give it to him. Let him handle it. Let go. Let God. Let go. those arms around some even if you're in the audience find you somebody that you can encourage here's what God said to me it begins with the proper relationship with the Lord here's the reason why you perhaps have never been able to let things go because you're not in a proper relationship with the Lord you're not committed something greater than yourself we live in a society where people promote self people think they can do almost anything by themselves but I'm here to tell you there's some things in life you can never overcome by yourself you need the Lord in your life and the reason you are here today the reason you're viewing today and listening today is because you know you need something in your life that's greater than your own self. You need a right relationship with God. And here's the question. God says, why not today? Why not commit to something greater than yourself today? Why wait? Why go back home the way you left? Because when you have that relationship with God, Paul says, I discarded everything. I did, I counted all as garbage. No, nowhere in the text does it says God took it away. Paul says, I let it go. If you're waiting on God to take it away, perhaps you may not ever be able to separate from it. But God is waiting on you to let it go. And in order to do that, you need that relationship. So I'm, I'm inviting someone right now after this prayer to make that decision. I'll meet you at this altar. You say to me, Pastor Jackson, I want to join the church. I want to commit my life to the Lord. I want to rededicate my life to the Lord because I need something greater in my life than my own reputation. I need to be able to lean on God 
late in the midnight hour. Look at somebody and say, let go. Let God. Ooh, come on. Yes, yeah, we worry. God is doing something right now. told me to do this how many in here today that want to take that next step from the Lord you know that you've got to commit to something greater than yourself just raise your hands wherever you are you if you're ready for that next step thank you young lady others ministers see them how many of thank you somebody else thank you brother Woo. let go Wherever you are, raise those hands right now. Preachers. It starts with that. God's calling you. It takes courage to do that right now. That's right. There's some in the back. Come on. Come on. Just step out. You got your hands raised. Come on. Just step out wherever you are. Come on and be Those of you who raised those hands. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you this day. It's difficult. We've been hurt by people we trust and love. <laughs> but no, Lord, we're not worrying about it anymore. We're putting it behind us. We're concentrating on what you have for us that's better than all the things we've gone through. Yes, we've been hurt. We have been wounded. But this is a brand new day. You're changing our lives right now. Thank you for new beginnings. Ooh, thank you for fresh joy. What you're doing, Lord, that no man can take away. And we say thank you in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. Find somebody and say let go. Let God. Ooh. Everybody who raised your hand, come on, meet me at this altar. If you had your hand raised, just come on. Just come. Don't, don't, don't be ashamed. Come on, if you had your hand raised right now, if you want, thank you, brother. Somebody else, come on. You had your hands raised. You ready for God to do something? Thank you. Others are coming. on somebody you've got to give God a chance somebody else who's ready to give God a chance thank you you're ready to give God a chance right now come on walk down that aisle come on soon as right now 
Wherever you are right now, God's calling you. Give God a chance right now. Somebody else join these that's ready to let God. Somebody. God's calling you. If you hear, this is your moment. Give God a hand of praise for these as we. Come on. Come on as we go there as soon as whew, clap those hands by the way for somebody. Come on, we ought to be celebrating. Can we just stand to our feet and give God a hand up?